millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the GQ podcast, Career Decisions. My name is Stuart McGurk, and I'm GQ's Associate Editor. We're at Farmhouse Down, a cosy cottage in the heart of Soho Farmhouse in Oxfordshire, where we'll be grabbing the stars of our GQ Heroes event to take them through the biggest moments of their careers, the decisions they've made, and the lessons they've learnt. First up, it's Game of Thrones star and person with the best laugh you will ever hear, Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie, uh, welcome uh, to the GQ Heroes podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. Um, I'm going to start. You will not be shocked by on the subject of Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, I read that when you were reading the script for the new season, you'd somehow assumed you'd died like early on. Yes, I oh. did. And now... Um, We've got two more episodes to go, so I still need to exercise some degree of control yes. over what <laughs> comes out of my mouth. But um, during the battle, the long night, episode three, that was, I think it was about three times I got there and I thought my character died off screen. And I went... Um, well, just because you hadn't seen your no, line for you it, yet? No, because it said... Um, something along the lines of Brienne is engulfed by soldiers oh, right. and is lost in the crowd. Nothing is something else than, you know, other, other characters that, or as Liam Cunningham says, um, he uses another word, but nonsense, 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 me, nonsense, nonsense, <laughs> nonsense, me. Um, but I, there was no, I don't believe that by the way, but there was, but there was, there was that description and then there was nothing. And I thought, I think I may have died off screen. I remember David and Dan saying, who write the show, David Benioff and, and Dan Weiss, that they thought the worst way you could die on Game of Thrones was off screen. So not being given any kind of death whatsoever. And I thought, that's what I've received, you know. <laughs> and Surely that a, wouldn't be a fitting way for... A, who for... it is Game of Thrones well, and yeah. anything <laughs> is possible so that um but then I got to another point in the script and I thought I died then as well and um and then by the I think there was a third point I thought listen I just gotta just read through this and it's been great to be employed for yeah. this long I've been given an amazing opportunity <laughs> so if, if that's it that's the case but then of course um I was appearing Brienne appeared in episode four. 
Is there, I mean, this might have changed for the last season, but isn't there normally for Game of Thrones a kind of courtesy, there's a courtesy death call where they will tell you if you're about to go? Yes, there is, I believe, a courtesy death call. And I've tried asking people about it, but people, I think um, it's one of those things that uh, there's very few things in life that you can kind of keep private and sacred. And I think people like to ref- refer to it in that way, they like to keep it that way. So I don't know too much about it. I know that they call and they have a bit of a chat with you. But as it was the last season, yeah. I thought it could be literally could be open F- F- season. <laughs> yeah, what a surprise! No one's going to know when their character dies. But you made it through to the last season, so there you go. That's our parting gift Yeah, to at you. least you're in the finals. Yeah, so, do you know what I mean? You've got to be grateful for what you've got. I thought being, you know, there's lots of things we can talk about in the new season. What we definitely can't talk about is the episodes to come, I'm sure. But um, I thought the being the being knighted scene was so glorious because there's Brienne of Tarth, who's a very stoic character. And then just at the end of that scene, you see a lovely little beaming smile. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like to film? That was an amazing experience. Um when I read the script, and the script was written, that particular script was written by Brian Cogman. And Brian is someone that has been, I, I think, been overseeing the character Brienne of Tarth since the very beginning. And he has become a, a dear friend. Um, and you have that. You have certain writers that sort of more oversee Yes, I think they do. Others, yeah, really. I think they do. I mean, I, all I know is that Brian was overseeing um, Brienne of Tarth. So I, I thought he wrote it so beautifully and I thought it had such a great I thought the entire episode was um was really well orchestrated and we had more it it felt like a sort of vintage Game of Thrones episode in that we had more time with the characters because we had this one event the where there was this slow episode long build up to it and we got to spend time with the characters and we also got to see different parts of them. I was really delighted to see that um, a character and, and also in a deeper way, a character that's really uh, been aware that she has not fitted into society and its confines and has gone about life in her own way and when she said I'm not a knight and uh, and and I'm no lady. I think I don't think that's about shame, and I've never felt it's about shame. Um, I've always felt it's about an acknowledgement of not fitting into patriarchal confines, or just not fitting in. And that feeling, no matter how others may treat us, that feeling that we can have of dislocation. And it was so beautiful because I never expected that scene. And didn't even it didn't even occur to me that, that scene would ever ever occur, um, because it felt larger. It was a beautiful bit of storytelling, but it felt larger than that in the world in the way that the world has embraced this character of Brienne of Tarth. It's considered to be hideously ugly, uh, unusually strong, um, is ridiculed and humiliated. Uh, is is abused because of the way that she looks and that she chooses to live her life in service of something larger than herself. 
it felt like acceptance and it felt like acceptance on many different levels. It felt like acceptance for the character. It felt like acceptance for the concept. And to be really honest, it felt like acceptance for me because I've been employed for eight years on an absolutely incredible TV show that people have loved. And that's a really rare experience. And it's also one that I didn't think was likely for me. And I was told wouldn't be likely for me. So who it, who told you? Um, I think there was a a very um, an acute awareness of the industry from when I was at drama school, even before that. Unless uh, people, not just women, unless people fitted specific types, there wasn't a place for them in mainstream entertainment. There wasn't a place, you know, it wasn't a place to see, um, you know. Women in different forms, um, people of colour, uh, uh, trans people. Um, it was very much heteronormative. Yeah. And did you always rail against that, or did you sort of start to almost believe them, as in, like, well, if that's what everyone is saying? Well, I think it's difficult. I, I wish I could say I've never, I've always believed there's another way. Yes, I have always believed there's another way, but I've also been acutely aware of what felt realistic. Yeah. And that's why it's important for us to see different kinds of people in our entertainment everywhere actually yeah. in our lives in all areas of our lives. We need to feel represented no matter who we are. And those um preconceived expectations of who we are no matter how we identify it's the world is a much more complex place than perhaps it's been illustrated to be. And if we're able to exercise more compassionate reasoning towards each other, maybe the world would be a more functional place. Um, in a very abrupt gear change of topic, tell me about um, smacking the hound in the knackers. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? My, you know what? My whole career, my whole life is about high and low. So... Um, well, Rory McCann is the most incredible actor and incredible person. And he is a real, he ha, he's incredibly um, gentle and generous and kind. He is a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a very decent man. And we acted the scene where uh, Brienne of Tarth fights the Hound. And it was a, a real pleasure to work with him. He's in. He's so extraordinarily talented. He's, he's, he's really visceral in the way he goes about things. And we wanted that fight to be brilliant and we wanted it to, be, to live. And it was sort of unspoken between us because we went about it with such commitment. Um, and, and we really went about it together as a, as, a, as a team. And I think that's why it worked out so well is that it felt like everyone, all the stunt team, everybody working on it was very much um, as a unit. And we shot that fight for over three days on top of a mountain in Iceland. And there were bizarre weather conditions. So it was boiling hot when it was supposed to be overcast. Yeah. And um, and we really committed to the to the scene and we were incredibly well taken care of we both came away without any injuries at all um however he can no longer have children rory <laughs> did ask me there's a point where after being um kicked uh by the hound in a in a 
an extremely painful and intimate mm-hmm. place. Um, Brienne decides to return the favour by punching him hard in the testicles. And on the day, you know, there, I think there was a strap there so the, the contact wouldn't be made because contact wasn't, that. it's not about yeah. that. You know, it's, it's intensely choreographed. And Rory said, just punch me. Punch me. Punch me hard in the nuts. Do it. Punch me in the nuts. And I said, Rory... You're insane. I'm not going to punch you in the nuts. He's saying, do it. Do it. I want to feel it. The scene needs it. Do it. And I thought, well, what do I do? You know, because he's cons- he's asking me to do something. He's yeah. consenting to it. And it's not really what I want to do. But I need to give what the other actor needs to produce the result for the good of the scene. Indeed. So I did it once. And he said, harder. Do it Harder. <laughs> He's great. He, yeah. So I only did it twice, but I, it would seem I didn't need to do it more than twice. But that response you see, ladies and gentlemen, is a real response from <laughs> Rory McCann. Uh, I'm going to need to have to watch that scene again now. A um, gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> um, how do you feel about, you know, the end is very much in sight for Game of Thrones now. Are you going to feel happy to go on into a new chapter because it's been a lot of years you know playing any, anyone who's in a tv show no matter how amazing no matter how successful will say you know eventually you you it's nice to move on or are you going to be a bit kind of wistfully sad to to leave her it's such um a cocktail of emotions um i am i feel incredibly um Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Emotional about it ending because it's been the most amazing gift for me. It's transformed my life and it's it has helped to really change my career. And mm. I'm, I'm genuinely so grateful to have been employed in such an incredible piece of entertainment. Um, and I never thought I'd be a part of the mainstream. And uh, and that is and I'm delighted to uh, be playing this character. I, I I could not love her more. Yeah. And um, it's. It's been an extraordinary experience and taught me a lot. And equally, I am very ready to do new things. Mm. And uh, it's a, it's an interesting mindset when you're part of a, a big thing and you're aware it's going to take over um, a large portion of your life. And to a certain extent, your life is dictated by that. And, and, and that can be wonderful and... Um, creatively you can want to do other things 
Um, and I feel very excited to take the skills that I've learned on the show and do vastly different work. Yeah, yeah. Do you have plans for how you're going to watch the final episode? Oh, I haven't really thought about that. I did think the other day, I thought, better watch it alone, probably have a meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> But, and also, it, I, like some of it um, now I'm having to watch, I will have to watch again because some of it I have to watch through my fingers because <laughs> yeah. my hands over my face. But also because normally I watch a show and I note down, I make notes of myself of things to be improved for next time. But the but there isn't a next time. And uh, it's also really enjoyable to sit and watch the show as a fan that I am yeah. um, for the last time. Probably have a meltdown. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least you can plan for it. Yeah. That's the best way to have a meltdown. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Then back um, to work the next day. What do you remember about the audition for it, the very, the very first time you, you went in? <gasps> that is one of the most magical times of my life. And it was all about hard work. I heard about the part, a friend of mine said, there's something about you online being in an HBO show. And I'd always wanted to work for HBO. I thought that their content was exceptional and they seemed to bridge that line between um, mainstream entertainment and artistry and they, everything they did was with integrity. Um, so I was immediately interested then. And then when I read uh, who the part was, that was the lightning bolt moment because uh, I've said this a lot of times before, but I can't... Um, I can't emphasise it em enough that um, at drama school, you're told if you're very lucky, one day you will find a part that speaks to you. And all of the things I've been interested in, all of the things about looking outside of gender norms, a woman being portrayed in a different way, and also about myself, about I, knew, I wanted to, to evolve not just as an actor, but as a person. I wanted to evolve beyond my own feelings uh, of shame or received ideas. I wanted to question the things that made me feel embarrassed about myself. And I wanted to be able to explore those and to neutralise them. Um, at, at least or em or emphasize them, mm. and so the idea of having a part that was about um, uh, my my physical self, about my androgyny, my strength, my feelings about not fitting in, my shyness my um, uh, would you count yourself as shy definitely really yeah okay. <laughs> yeah yeah. But I mean, it manifests itself in different ways. Right, okay. I know we were screaming in a kitchen so long ago. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's sort of what <laughs> I was thinking about of. setting things on fire. But, you know, but when it comes to it, you know, yeah. th there are joyful, joyful environments to be in. But, um, you know, you can find situations, we all do find some situations very hard and we all sure. uh, try to build mechanisms with ways of, of dealing with them. Yeah, yeah. Um. I loved, by the way, Top of the Lake, China Girl. I Thank mean, you. I, I loved that and the first one. I thought they were both just such amazing piece of telly that felt like long indie films. Um, you know, you wrote uh, 
a fan letter to Jane um, Campion, didn't you, to, yes, to get the role? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Is that the usual way of, uh, of your uh, auditioning process? I think it might have to be. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Um, I've wanted to work with Jane Campion since I think I was 11 years, 11, 12 years old. And my mother showed me her film, An Angel at My Table. And I loved it so much. It was in the days when Channel 4 used to repeat films the following evening, or at least a few days later. And I stayed up and I watched it again. And it really struck me. And I think we watched Sweetie together as well and found that just incredible. And we would often sort of reference it to each other. And then when I saw that the piano was going to be in cinemas, um, I was, I think, 14. And I wasn't old enough to watch, to go to the cinema, Mm. but I went... I actually went twice. <laughs> Did you? And, at the, and that film remains one of my most favourite films of all time. I think Jane Campion is uh, a, an exceptionally, um, she's an exquisite storyteller and she's exceptionally talented because she thinks uh, and receives life in a very different way. She's really acutely sensitive and... Uh, coupled with a healthy dose of humour and the absurd. And she has a truly provocative and unconventional mind. She really does. And her her thought processes are, are, are really beyond the norm. And, and she and David Lynch are two of my most favoured uh, yeah. film, filmmakers. So do you remember what you said specifically in the Yeah, I begged. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Basically, I begged. My friend Margot Henderson the brilliant chef, had said to me in 2008, I know someone that I think you would like and you would like to work with. And I said, who is it? And she said, it's Jane Campion. And I said, oh, could, couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly. And she said, you should write her a letter. And I said, couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly. And then when I was, I was really trying to find work that I really, really wanted to do, um, and I saw the first series of Top of the Lake, I had to write to her. And uh, in it, I, I, ba- I basically begged I said a lot of things. You know, Jane's really impacted on my life and the way I think about things, the way I think about society, the possibilities of filmmaking, the possibilities of where female characters can go. And stepping, what she really taught me was about stepping outside of your comfort zone and what's familiar to you. And it might be painful, but sometimes it really will do you good. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Star Wars briefly. Uh, So you play uh, the, the fearsome... Captain Phasma. Yes. Um, a, another very strong character, but the sort of the polar opposite of a Brienne of Tarth in the kind of yes. the decency and all, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what was the hardest suit of armour to act in? Well, I mean, they have different demands, those characters. Um, it's neither of, I'm going to be honest, neither of them are easy. <laughs> At all. But, you know, the fact is, is that when something is so well designed, I really, I love good design. And when something is really incredibly well designed, then you can transcend any of your physical discomfort. And, and often I was made very comfortable to make it as easy for me as possible. But I mean, probably hell on wheels for both. (laughs) That's what I imagine. But there's no point. There's no point. 
looking at that perspective because there's so many other brilliant things. The reason why I uh, adore Captain Phasma is that as a concept, that character has spoken to people in a way that I've not known really before. Well, since Brienne of Tarth, I suppose. And the idea of it being a female character in that world that is the opposite of those ideals of of having a strong moral compass. Uh, The idea of a woman being purely in service of herself and deeply ambitious to... uh, frankly, intoxicating, malevolent degree is not something we've had explored in a in a three-dimensional way before. And I really feel there's a lot more to be examined and the response from people, mm. also from ch- kids. Really? Yes. That's that really is, That it is because people seem to love that it's a woman who is unashamed and is completely subverting female stereotypes and it's spoken to them in a very very loud way yeah um you're in rehearsals at the moment aren't you for i am midsummer night's dream um an immersive production i would love to come to see it okay that you can give me the cash now and i'll get you a (laughs) ticket (laughs) um how how is that going it's extraordinary. I've wanted. It's being directed by Nicholas Heitner, um, and it's at the Bridge Theatre. Get your tickets now. <laughs> um, but I've wanted to work with Nick Heitner since I was at drama school, and that's also something I didn't think would happen. So, it's the most incredible workout, and bits of me are being used <laughs> that haven't been used for a very long time, <laughs> and I'm certainly getting a mental workout. And I think it will be spectacular. What I like about it is that it's all about joy. And it's been a while since I've done yeah. something that has been all about <laughs> joy. Game of Thrones is not all about joy. And so, final question. Did you keep any uh, Brienne of Tarth mementos? I'm devastated because I have nothing. Not even a little sword. I was des- I, sword I am desperate for that sword. <laughs> Please, HBO, HBO, if you're listening. I understand that they're incredibly valuable props, but my emotional attachment to that sword is really great and I cannot tell you how much I would truly love to own it. I imagine someone somewhere is putting it in the post right now. Can you make it happen? Yes, we will. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Gwendolyn Christie, thank you so much. Thank you very much. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.